Pickleball is a sport. This is the Fact Off. Welcome to the Fact Off, your weekly battle of facts, y'all. Alex is the host, not a slack off. Mike's got the facts that'll smack, y'all. But don't worry, cuz Pat's got your back, y'all. It's the Fact Off. It's the Fact Off. Yeah, it's the Fact Off. That's right, you're listening to The Fact Off. I'm Mike, and I'm here with my good buddy, Pat. How you doing, Mike? Doing good, doing good. And uh, if you guys at home don't know what this show's about by now, well, it's a show where we each bring in a random and obscure fact, and you at home get to decide which fact you like the best. Let's get right into it. The winner from last week was... Pat. Back on top, baby. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hold your applause. And Alex was so mad that he didn't win last week. That's why he's not here. He said he's taken off a whole month because he's so pissed that he he wasn't the winner. My fact was so good, I don't even remember what it was. That's how good my fact. <laughs> yeah, he, he Alex broke his microphone, and I, I think he's saving up his dollars for a new one. Yeah. Do you remember your facts like after you tell them? I feel like I just forget them immediately. Well, you, you spend all that time researching and concocting them, and then as soon as you share them, you're done. You're yeah, done with them. Like On to the next fact. Been lifted from my shoulders. I don't need to think <laughs> yes. about this ever again. I'm done. I'll never talk about this again or think about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, because I won, if you don't know, I get a victory fact. This is fa- this episode is just going to be me telling facts all of a sudden. Uh, so, did you know that the green code in the Matrix? is actually created from symbols in the code designer's wife's sushi book. Or sushi cookbook, sorry, I should say. Uh, I'm offended that you got that wrong. <laughs> I know. I'm not and, and as a victor, you shouldn't be Damn making it. mistakes. Man, cookbook, book. I always mix those two up. <laughs> yeah. I haven't really thought about The Matrix in a long time. Like, I remember that was the the, the movie Did you watch the back in high school. No, I haven't watched the latest one. It was just like my facts. I watched it and for- completely forgot about it the next day. I heard that it was very forgettable, so I'm like, I'm like, if it's so forgettable, why even waste your time watching it, right? Unlike this episode where you are going to for- remember everything we say. We're going to quiz you at the end. Um, actually, you can just go to our website and vote for the fact you like the best. It's just a, <laughs> it's a kind two-way of a quiz. vote. <laughs> a quiz, yeah. Question, which one was the best? <laughs> Because they have to kind of think back, like, oh, okay, I think I like this one. I like to think that when I win, it's because the listeners are actually really debating what the best fact was, who had the best, like, anecdote, the best cadence. Should we just make the voting, like, an essay question? Yes. Like, where they have to fill in, like, a paragraph of about your fact? Yeah, you need to prove you listened to the episode and write, <laughs> add some facts. Before you vote. Um, so... Let's rate, jump right into a beloved feature on this show, and that's Pat's 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 fun fun facts. <laughs> I can't sing the song. Oh come on! My favorite part is Alex that I don't have here. to here. I know. I'm hoping I gotta like go back and steal a recording from a previous episode. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> we, we need to just send it off to Fiverr and get the get somebody to make like a a fun mix up of it. Yeah, I think that's Alex's new job is he's uh, making theme songs for TV or for podcasts. <laughs> I was I was wondering. I thought he was gonna join the Fiber Brigade. Yeah, 
I mean, it can't be that hard. I wrote our uh, yeah. theme song. Yeah, if folks at home don't, you didn't rap the. the I did not rap song. it. No, but you helped write it, and we gave it to somebody to make it for us. Yeah, they kind of like they they were the secret sauce. They made it a lot really good. I just put a bunch of silly words that rhyme. But in a way, I am like the uh, Kanye West of this podcast. Yeah, somehow it worked out. I don't know how that worked out, but uh, it did. Um, Pat's fun facts, by the way, if if anybody at home is curious. A lot of first-time listeners Pat, this episode. Yeah, a lot of first-time listeners. Uh, Pat brings in five random facts from his fact calendar. Yeah, so wet your appetite. You know, get the show, you know, get the blood pumping. You don't want to just dive into a real meaty fact right away. This is No, like these the, are like micro fun facts. Yeah, this is the bread bowl of facts. Micro, micro-dosing facts. Uh, this is where you microdose these facts. Yeah, I just give you a little little facts here and there, you know, and then you don't realize how fucked up you are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, first fast fact. So you've heard of Jimmy Stewart, the famed actor? Yeah, James Stewart, Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy yeah, Stewart. I love him. Uh, so he won uh, the Academy Award in 1940 for Best Actor, and his dad was the owner of a hardware store, Alex Stewart, and uh, he he would say that, yeah, my uh, son won some kind of an award and asked me if I wanted to put it on the shelf in my shop, and uh, it, the statue was there for 25 years, just on the shelf in Indiana, Pennsylvania. I feel like that's if I won an award, I, that's how I'd treat it. Like I'm not much for presenting it at my house, but you would give it. Yeah, to I'll put it in a wood shop. <laughs> yes, uh, I think it's cool. It's funny that his dad was like, "I don't know what the hell is this." <laughs> uh, this is interesting. Uh, Cuba and North Korea are the only two countries in the world that don't sell Coca Cola, at least not legally. Hmm. I wonder if they. I wonder what their. What, what would be their brand though? Cu- what's Cuba's Coke? Oh, I don't know. If you, Cuba if Libre, you come up with one. Have yeah. you ever had a Cuba Libre? It's a Roman Coke, but whatever they use. Yeah, I, I, I'm hoping that it's just as good. Maybe it's like a Kroger brand better. Coke. Yeah, you think it's better? Yeah, yeah. Well, because they, they so, actually use real cocaine in it still. Yeah, it's the illusion of like scarcity. You know, like of like oh, it tastes even better because I know that I can't get this so easily. Yeah. It's like caviar. I'm sure caviar does not taste well. I, 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 I highly doubt caviar tastes good at all. Yeah. And I, I just don't think it looks appetizing either. No, but it costs a lot of money, so it must be good. This one was weird. <laughs> and this word, I'm not going to be able to pronounce. The world's narrowest street is Spurerhofstrasse in Reutlingen, Germany, measuring just over a foot at its most narrow and barely fits most pedestrians, especially the Americans. Wouldn't that be just a sidewalk at that point? Yeah, like, I don't know. It's just a like street a street would would make you think that you could drive a vehicle of some sort down it. I guess if it shows up on Google Maps, then it's an official street. If not, doesn't count. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm sure there's some hiking trails that show up on Google Maps. Yeah, they're probably wider than a foot, though. Yeah, this one's for you, Mike. Jeopardy's classic thing song, you know, do 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 was written by Merv Griffin as a lullaby for his son called A Time for Tony. That seemed like it would be a very anxiety-ridden <laughs> bedtime song. Like, yeah, I, like, I, don't, I don't think I could fall asleep to that song. Yeah, he has like, come up with like a nice, cute thing to say to his dad every night before bed. <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah, it would just make uh, my brain just churn, that song. You know what's fun is you have to come up with something to say after every single fact now. 
It's a lot of. Uh, this yeah. is more pressure on you than it is me. A lot of pressure. I I, I might get burnout just <laughs> in this episode. Yeah, I can see your eyes rolling in the back of your head, yeah. foaming at the mouth. Last fun fact: uh, in November 2021, and I do not remember this at all. Heinz released the Mars edition, a limited edition batch of special ketchup made from tomatoes that were grown in agricultural conditions meant to mimic those on Mars. Hmm. I don't remember that happening. In, no, what, what year? Not, 2021. Uh, no, I would remember if this happened. I, You would think it would be on the uh, Future Jam. I see the uh, organic ketchup or like the na- all natural ketchup, and I'm like, I'm not buying that. Like, it, it's original recipe for a reason. Like, yeah. it, you can't just buy another formula. All right, so that's the fast facts. Uh, you don't have to vote for them; they're just to uh, get you ready for the show. And now here we are, ready to go. What, what if people did try to vote for them? Like, they I guess you if they liked them, them, just write Pat on Twitter. Yeah, find and me. let him know which fast fact you like the best. I think the uh, the Jimmy Stewart one. Has anybody ever reached reached out to you on Twitter and let you know they really appreciate your fast facts? Uh, not about the fast facts, but I do get a lot of uh, scantily clad women who I'm assuming are robots trying to. <laughs> get me to like them or something what if one time one is actually real like <laughs> never gonna happen i <laughs> never gonna happen never gonna happen in a million years they're like i actually like the fact off like what i would just think it's like uh someone that Impossible. you and Alex paid <laughs> yeah we we hired a beautiful woman on fiverr to to message you about the fact off oh by the way this uh episode is brought That'd to be you by good fiverr <laughs> Yeah, we. I've talked about them a little bit. Um, Maybe they'll start sponsoring us. They'll just every week give us a new song. No, we're not going down this road again. You you <laughs> said we should just talk about products and they would pay us eventually. It didn't That's work for Mental happen. Floss. It's not going to work for Fiverr. <laughs> it's not going to work for Fiverr either. So since you're the victor, Victor gets the spoils. Do you want to go first with your not mega factor? You wanna... I'm done talking. This is I gotta. You're done talking. I need to breathe. You, right. you can't hear me at home because Mike is such a good editor. But I've been coughing it up, and you're not gonna be. You're not gonna hear one cough this whole episode, thanks to Mike. So is it is it your allergies, or is it just like you you Maloney's have a significant <laughs> we, windpipe issue? We have a weak immune system. <laughs> we're not we're not gonna uh. we're not evolved enough. I was thinking, I mean, hey, you need to eat more, um, I don't know, whatever you're not eating. <laughs> whatever makes you not cough. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll jump right into my fact, and then you can you can go um, with your loser fact. Wait, my, mine's going to win. I feel like I'm going to be a winner today. I have a good one. Mine's fun. I don't know. My Mine is... It's about cheese. I don't know. It could be fun. <laughs> Probably about I, I don't cheese. think... Most people don't like dentists, uh, so... Oh, um, guess who went to the dentist today? Did you? Nope, Alex. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, hopefully he listens to this. Uh, and hopefully his de- dentist wasn't this guy I'm about to talk about. So Isaac Yankum? No. As a Philly native, have you ever been to the uh, Temple University's Dental Museum? I have not, No. Like or have you even set foot in Temple University's campus? All the time, yeah. My uh, students graduate uh, from their campus. I'll be there next week watching my seniors walk across the stage. Well, when you go, Pat, make sure you drop by the dental museum there. It's, uh, what's in it? I want to know. I want to know what's in it before I go. Well, we're, I, I'm about to. I'm about to let you know. So 
there's a display, and uh, one of the items on display is a 357 teeth necklace. Yeah. Yeah. I already don't like so, it. So, <laughs> yeah. And a wooden bucket filled to the brim with teeth. Yeah. Why does it got to be wooden? Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Well, because it's old. I know. <laughs> this, this is an old fact. If it was like a metal uh, bucket, I'd be for it. And no, this, this is a wooden pail, like a... A gross, rotted out wooden pail full, filled the brim with teeth. I don't know if it's rotted out, you but think, you know, I'm just trying to make it sound spooky. Do they do they have a dental school? Do you think like the students there take pride in like I added that tooth to the bucket? Like, no this this bucket and necklace is from a certain individual, allegedly dentist Edgar R R. Painless Parker pulled 357 teeth in a single day. And made a necklace out of it and uh, used as a marketing gimmick. That sounds horrifying. Did people need their teeth pulled or did he just went around town like a serial killer? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll get into that. So how do you think a dentist like this, who was labeled a menace to the dignity of the profession by the American Dentist Association, (laughs) end up changing dentistry forever? So this guy, even though he was kooky and... Wacky, uh, like a nut. Yeah, he's kind of a nut. Um, so, somehow his crazy methods ended up changing dentistry. So Certainly changed the necklace game. Yeah, let's get into the boring stuff first. Okay, Ooh, my favorite. Because um, you always have to do the beginning of life. Uh, Not my fact, you, baby. <laughs> you got to tell the whole life story. So, I go right yeah. into it. He was born in 1872 in New Brunswick, Canada. Just imagine some nice music playing behind I can't tell if that was part of the fact that you're making it up. Is that real? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He was born in 1872. Yeah, in Canada. Good for him. Uh, Early on, he was evaluated by a phrenologist. Do you know what a phrenologist is? No. (laughs) I don't know what a dentist is. Back in the day, they they, they would feel your head for lumps and bumps, and they would like basically tell your future or like tell what you like say what you would be good at based on your your head shape you'll need to wear a hat and guess what uh they said he'd be great at being a dentist (laughs) yes no way (laughs) yes you can't feel someone's head to be like dentist i feel like he got scammed into becoming becoming a dentist because he would have been a great salesman Um, it's like inception i think that's what dentists are yeah is mouth salesmen <laughs> no, they're not selling you a mouth. <laughs> they're selling you a better uh, smile. They're the fantasy of a better mouth they're selling you. Nice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> At just 18 years old, he enrolled in New York College of Dentistry, uh, but was promptly expelled because he was practicing door-to-door dentistry, and uh, they heard about it, and uh, they had to expel him because you're you're not supposed to be doing that. What year was this? 1900? Uh uh, when he was 18, so he was born in 1872. Yeah, so the probably still in the 1800s. <laughs> yeah, still in the 1800s, um, door-to-door dentistry. That doesn't sound that bad. It doesn't sound like they had, like, yeah. it probably wasn't, like, very sterile to begin with, no matter where you went. Yeah, I honestly don't think it's as bad as the school made it out to be, because it was just, dentistry wasn't a big uh, industry yet. Um, because Painless Parker hasn't left his mark, Um so he got re enrolled into uh, the Philadelphia Dental College. Nice in your uh, face, which New is, York, which is in, which is Temple, nineteen 
1892. So still in the 1800s, like you said. Um, and the current dental climate, just to give you a picture. Um, I'm going to ask you what the off- climate of the dental. <laughs> yeah. Officers were uh, generally unsanitary, unlicensed, uh, no preventative care, uh, self-treatment. So people would like get over the counter like narcotics and what, self-treat in themselves at home. No way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like people, it was all about like my tooth hurts. Can you pull this out? That's yeah, it was dental like, care at yeah. that time was pull this rotted teeth out of my mouth. Here, take a swig of this whiskey, numb your mouth. I'm ripping yes. this out. And whiskey was uh, practiced by a lot of this. So um, he graduated um, from the Philadelphia Dental College and started his practice in St. Martin Martin's, New Brunswick. So he went back to Canada. <laughs> and uh, he feel he realized the public really wasn't interested in going to his dental practice at all. Like, so he's like, "What do I do? I have no patience." And yeah, well, if you're not allowed I'm, to go door to door, and no one wants to go to you. What do you do? Yeah, Pull what do you do? Well, <laughs> it was seen unethical at the time to advertise for patients. Really? Yeah. So he's like, "Well, I'm I'm just gonna forego that. Who cares?" And he. Uh, threw ethics out the window, which, which is you know relative, anyways, because it's did he it's an advertisement. <laughs> yeah, it's an advertisement. Who's who cares? Uh, so he traded a set of dentures to a sign maker for a placard that read "Painless Parker." That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so he slowly got his uh, dental empire going. He uh, read in a paper about dentures at a time. (laughs) Yeah, he kept trading dentures for different things. He read in the paper about local uh, anesthetics, um, you know, like injecting painkillers into your mouth, that sort of thing. Uh, So he developed hydrocaine, which was diluted cocaine that you you can like inject into the location where you're going to pull the tooth, so it's painless. So that's where he kind of was marketing himself as a painless dentist because he's getting them all high. <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. A bad idea. Well, there, there's dentists in my area that market themselves as painless. Like one of the dentists even says they'll put you under like anesthesia to do your dental work. Oh, that's fun. So you know I, I just, <laughs> it seems kind of uh, iffy because anesthesia is a little dangerous. Like yeah, you might yeah. not wake up. It's true. You know what else is dangerous? Hearing that. <laughs> yeah. I, know, I hate the dentist. Uh, so he uh, tested out this local in- anesthesia, the hydrocaine on himself and his friend for you know, just to try it out. And he tested it out on a dog and he found that uh, it worked. You lost me. You lost me. I was all for this guy. He's testing on animals. But what if the dog had a sore tooth, Pat? Did the dog tell you this? No, the dog was crying. Pat. The dog was whining, and he the just had to pull that tooth. He wanted more cocaine. <laughs> he got his he got his dog addicted to to <laughs> yeah. cocaine. Um, and if the uh, hydrocaine didn't work, he gave his patients a glass of whiskey instead to to I'm numb back the pain. On board. <laughs> yes, get back on board. Uh, so his pitch to his customers was um, a pain free extraction for fifty cents a tooth. Or he'll give them $5 if they feel the pain. Oh, that's not bad. In, in my research, well, I didn't find... 
It hurts. I know, no. In my research, I didn't find that he actually gave anybody $5. I think it was his, like, marketing gimmick at the time. Uh, but he Maybe realized that he couldn't, he couldn't get enough people, come, you know, coming to his office. So he yeah. is like, how do I get more people to, like, be my customer, essentially? Tie him down. No. He, he went to the town square. He got a trumpet. And <laughs> he, he would play <laughs> He would basically just play the trumpet until a, a large group of people would gather around him. Beat him up to stop. <laughs> no. And he would always have a plant in the audience. And what he would do is he would start his, like, hey, okay, I'm going to start offering these 50 cents teeth pulling. And so he would have the plant come up first and pretend like it was a great experience. He would pretend to pull a tooth out of their mouth and demonstrate it to the crowd. And the crowd would be like, wow. Look how Whoa. look how painless that it's like was. I got so his tooth right out. Yeah, so he would get people lining up to like pull his teeth out in this public, pull their teeth in the public square, um, and that's where he started like getting really big. Um, so after, eventually, they they threw him out of uh, Canada, New Brunswick, because <laughs> uh, he just got such a bad reputation. So he's like, I gotta I gotta pick up shop somewhere else. So he this is when he moved to New York. And uh, started, let me see, he moved to New York in 1896. Okay. And he saw the Salvation Army marching band, and he's like, oh. I'm going to pull their that... teeth out. <laughs> no, no. He's, he saw that they were, like, drawing big crowds. People loved to listen to the marching band play. So he's like, well, what if I hired my own marching band? And so that's what he did. He had a show, had a big marching band, and had people come up on stage. And what he would use the marching band for is to drown out the people's cries of pain. (laughs) See, he would, like, tap his foot on the ground to tell, like, the band to play louder and louder. So people in the crowd were just distracted by the band playing and didn't realize that. Ah! Yeah. And I guess he was pulling so much so many teeth that he uh, didn't have time to actually inject like the locations. He was just kind of like squirting the hydrocaine in the person's mouth. Like this will work. (laughs) And uh, it didn't work very well. (laughs) Sounds to sound like it. How loud can they possibly play? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, But he took this even a step further in 1913. He bought a traveling circus (laughs) called the Parker dental circus. Oh, is he one of the Parker brothers? No, oh. <laughs> that would be great though. Um, and he sat atop an elephant, and, and he had contortionists and dancing woman and a band. And this is the era where he pulled supposedly pulled three hundred and fifty seven teeth in one day and made a necklace out of it. Wow, yeah. Tell and so he traveled around America with this uh, dental circus and built up like his notoriety obviously there's a lot of people that hated him so he that's probably why he had to travel from city to city i just whenever i go to a circus and i see the elephants and the lions jumping through the flaming hoops and you know the trapeze artists i always think a dentist would make this more fun i think they need someone pulling (laughs) teeth out in the middle of the show that's what this is missing so in 1915 pat california yeah so California passed a law that disbarred dentists from practicing under a different name. They had to practice under the legal name. Oh, okay. So he changed his name legally the to Painless, Painless Parker. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
and by then he was a celebrity dentist and this is where he gets into changing dentistry for, forever because uh, he he was seen as kind of like a showman and you could say charlatan I guess um, you could I say that you could say, say a lot that of things. but but I think he did a lot that was like good like uh, he was the first to launch a line of toothpaste and mouthwash. Really? Uh, in 1920, he started like a chain of dentist offices around California. So he had the first chain of dental dental offices. Um, he even made educational films about cleaning your teeth and caring for them. Uh, so he, I, I think he really did care about like uh, teeth and his patients, but he did it in such a like flamboyant way, you know, like yeah. a. a and a lot of people, like a lot of dentists at the time, did not like him. But I, I think he did a good yeah, thing. Because they're all nerds. He was yeah. like a rock star. Well, also he was seen as a dentist that brought care to lower income people. Oh yeah, that'll do it. That'll piss people off. Yeah, I think that's that's one of the reasons why he did piss people off because he was a showman and he was giving care to people that didn't have enough money to like afford it. Um. So like the yeah, opposite I, of my fat guy. Yeah. So I, I think Panless Parker was a good dude, even though he was he did some crazy, crazy uh, stunts. So my fact is called Painless Parker's Dental Circus. Very nice. Do we do we clap? I forget how I forget how it ends. No. <laughs> we just we just go on to Pat's fact. Yeah, we don't have the around the bush and see who goes second. Yeah, we don't have to hear, wait for Alex to him and Hall and say, uh, uh maybe uh, Mike goes next. <laughs> yes. Well, he wouldn't be able to do it this week because I'm the winner. All right. So I left the opening of my fact open. I'm going to leave a little pause, a moment of silence for Alex. The year is 75 BCE. <laughs> Who are you saying he's born in 75 BC? That's what I was, you know, so when Alex is listening back at home, he can say, the year I was born. <laughs> Do you really think he says that like on a regular basis at work even? I, he says it every day of his life. When he pulls a life insurance policy off the shelf. <laughs> every time. <laughs> when was uh, Fred b- born? He's like 1872. The year I was born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like it's just like one of those jokes that would never end. And it won't, as long as I'm alive. <laughs> so the year is 75 BCE, and you pirates roam the Mediterranean, terrorizing Romans in their path. Is this another pirate fact from Pat? Did Pat's I have another pirate one? Facts? Oh, I did have another one. The pirates in, yeah. Uh, yeah, the Blackbeard one. Well, one particular of Cilician, Cilician pirates stumbled across what would become both a gift and a curse. They crossed paths with a 25-year-old Julius Caesar on his way to Rhodes. Have you ever heard this story? No, I haven't. It's a quick story about Julius Caesar before he rose to fame, and you know. The so Caesar. this is before Julius Caesar was even uh, emperor. Yes, well before that. And he was traveling. I guess he was going to study oratory. Oh, in Rhodes, whatever that is. <laughs> I know it just said he was going to study oratory, and it doesn't sound like it uh, should be a proper sentence. But no, is oratory like uh, this? Is me spitballing, but I think it'd be maybe learning how to like speak publicly. I would assume it's public speaking, like oral. 
oratory, you know. Yeah, got he he's learning oral. Tory story, oral story, oratory. <laughs> we could do this. We got it. We don't need to Google. And at home, don't feel free not to Google any of these facts. No. <laughs> don't, don't if you fact check us even one bit, we will be furious over here. We will know. We are the ambassadors of truth and and all that is right. Wow, yeah, this just becomes the real gatekeeping podcast where <laughs> no one can say facts but us. All right. So the pirates, they would take Caesar captive and they held him for ransom. And it turns out Caesar, not a really good captive. He was kind of a dick. Uh, so first. Yeah, he ca- had to keep getting new, like, olive branch uh, hats. Every day. Yeah. <laughs> Did they clean his toga, you know? Um,. But apparently he found out that they were, like, they told him they were going to hold him for uh, what's called 20, 20 talents, I guess. And uh, he, he, like, laughed at them. He was like, no, no, increase it. Make it 50. He sounds so he, like the, <laughs> he sounds like the uh, uh, Tesla, what's his name, uh, Elon Musk of his time. Yeah. <laughs> Mocking his captives. Wait, Elon Musk got kidnapped? No, I'm, I'm assuming if Elon Musk <laughs> was kidnapped, he'd be doing the same thing. Mike, uh, you got to tell me now before the authorities find out. Did you kidnap Elon Musk, <laughs> and is he asking for more money? Well, I you'll find out tomorrow when I'm the next CEO of Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. Yeah, that'd be fun. We get more uh, traffic for our podcast. Yeah, I'll just put us up like a uprank our our uh, Twitter account to uh, Elon Musk's status. Everybody has to see every post we make. Both of them. Yes. <laughs> get pissed off. So he was kind of a jerk. Uh, he would he like he would boss them around. He was their captive, and he just took every opportunity to just let them know that he was better than them. When he was trying to go to sleep, he would shush them and tell them to be quiet. <laughs> he would uh, make them listen to his poetry and his speeches, and if they didn't like them, he would just yell at them and call them illiterate for not liking them. God, um, this is great. Yeah, he just seems like a really fun guy to have on your ship, and the whole time like he would act as if he was the commander of the ship and he would like, I guess they, this was weird. Cause they said games and I makes me wonder what like the pirate games are, but he would participate in the games and play them with the pirates. And, uh, this is my favorite part. Yeah. That, I don't even want to know what a pirate game. Yeah. Like what are would the pirate be? games? I don't, <laughs> don't want to know. Yeah. Um, but he would tell the pirates, he's like, Oh, when I get free, I'm going to crucify all of you. And the pirates would just laugh and laugh. We're like, oh, God. Julius Caesar. He was crucify happy. <laughs> he was. Um, so they had him for 38 days. It was a long time to be ha- be held captive. So guess what Julius Caesar did? Once his, So they the pirates got paid. They got their 50 talents. And, the ransom. Yep. And uh, Caesar, guess what he did after he, he got immediately free? sent like a, a legion after them to kill them. One hundred percent. He got his own naval force in Milites, and uh, apparently it was actually quite a feat because he didn't have any actual authority or power at the time. Like he wasn't a, you know, a politician or anything yet. But he was still able to get like a little naval force, and he took them right back to where the pirates let him go, and they were still there. They were just chilling. <laughs> Dumbasses. So yeah, they all got arrested. Um. So he didn't even kill them. Well. The person in charge of their punishment, the governor of Asia, was in charge, and he was like a little unsure of what to do. But the the whole governor of all of Asia, he just said the governor of Asia, and you know what? (laughs) 
I'm not looking up further facts about this. I don't want to fall. You can get sucked in the rabbit holes on these facts. I, I, I want to be the governor of Asia one day. <laughs> yeah. I'm the governor of North America. Everyone knows this. Seems like a phony made-up made title. <laughs> Aren't they all kind of made-up titles, though? Yes. So Caesar knew what to do. He went down to the prison where all these men were, and he got them. And just like he promised, he crucified all of them. Gosh. And that's the end of the fact. That's when Caesar got kidnapped by pirates and was a complete jerk to them and told them he would crucify them, and then he did. You, you or I, either, either one of us needs to do some homework and bring in a fact about people who, kidnappers that actually got away with it and survived and uh, profited. Yeah, because I did, uh, who did I do? I did one on uh, the Lindbergh baby. That guy got caught. I can't think of every movie that somebody gets kidnapped. The kidnapper never wins. Um, what about D.B. Cooper? Didn't he get away? He's probably dead. <laughs> well, everyone's probably dead eventually, right? No, he he probably died and like drowned to death. Like I think they're the uh, working theory is he landed in a river and drowned and died or whatever. Oh, well, that's what he wants you to think. Yeah. <laughs> He's actually Biden. Yes. Hey, the ages line up. All right. That's my fact. I call it the Caesar fact. Mm. What if I have like a fact about salad next week? I hope you do. Because I'll win again. (laughs) Caesar salad. I I guess I'll have to call it the Caesar salad fact. Yeah. You got to be more specific. Even though it's not like... Caesar did anything else of note? This yeah, is this is his remarkable. <laughs> his most remarkable thing he did was uh, he crucified a bunch of pirates. Yeah, so this is the pirate Caesar fact. <laughs> there you go. There you uh, go. This is the pirate Caesar crucifixion fact. Oh, nice. <laughs> the In pirate Caesar crucifixion. BCE. Yeah, put the date on there too. Yeah, it's gonna be very wordy. Um, so that's the fact off for this week. Uh, you can vote for your favorite fact at Fact Off Podcast. Dot com, And if you want, follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. We're at FactOffPod. Uh, easy enough. Yeah. Not the and, fact. Uh, we haven't had a review in a while on Apple Podcasts. I don't know if people even really use Apple Podcasts anymore. Yeah, does Apple... Well, now that Ted Lasso is done, I don't have to use Apple for anything. That's a... Oh, yeah. Um, but there's so many other podcast apps that I'm... Spotify. Um, Spotify. Yeah, everybody's Amazon Spotifying music. the podcast Google. now. Google. Uh I use Pocket Cast. So yeah. But if you if somebody out there does have an iPhone and you have time, leave us a review. If anything, it would just make us feel good unless it's a bad review. Yeah. Don't leave us bad reviews. That would make that would hurt my feelings. I'm I, I'm hoping that if they listen this long, they're probably not going to give a bad review if if they were they probably hate themselves if they are listeners of the show they know to immediately turn it off whenever the host says well that's the show yeah usually this preamble after after yeah. it's pretty bad oh. it's, it's 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 low tier <laughs> podcasting like the lowest the time <laughs> we're just wasting everybody's time i'm wasting my time pat's time your time at home i don't care I had the power. Wrap it up. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Uh, Catch us next week, hopefully. Goodbye.